Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Paige Tucker, CEO of ProStar Holdings. Good morning, Paige. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, Paige, um, you were on before and want to get an update, but before we go too far into that, can you just give us um, an overview of the company? Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, the name of the company is uh, ProStar and we consider ourselves uh, the leader in the development of precision mapping solutions. Most people are familiar with Google Maps. Google Maps is accurate to about three to five meters. We have developed our own uh, mapping solution that works on any standard mobile device, but we provide centimeter accuracy, and our real core competency is the ability to identify where utilities and pipelines are buried down to the centimeter, and our solution works anywhere in the world. Okay. Now, is Google working to get to that precision, or that doesn't seem to be in their plan? No, it's not. Actually, what it does is that requires what's considered to be an external um, GPS apparatus. So there's a chip in your smartphone that provides the three to five meter or three to five meter accuracy. In order to provide centimeter accuracy, you actually have to pair to what's called a precision GPS receiver that provides centimeter accuracy. And we're currently integrated into almost every major provider of that GPS equipment around the world. Okay, so it doesn't sound like they're going to be competition. So, so who is the co- competition? Where do you fit in? Uh, into that competitive landscape, and, and how big of a market are you guys vying for? Well, so we are the leader in the world. Uh, we have 18 issued patents, so we are first to market. Uh, the good news is is that we're starting to see what I call copycats, other companies that are entering the market, which is good. You know, you don't want to be the only person um, out in the market. It would be pretty lonely, and it probably means that you're too early um, to market. Our biggest competitor probably is a company called Esri, ASRI. They're the global leader in what we call geographic information systems, GIS uh, solutions. And our system is actually a full comprehensive GIS solution. So you could actually manage all of your assets, both above ground as well as uh, below ground. But, you know, we, we invite competition because what it does is, number one, we're disrupting the market. So you have to educate the industry on why they need to move to a digital mapping system. And in most cases, what will happen is even if another company goes in and sells a company on why they need a digital mapping system that, you know, provides this level of, of precision, they'll do their homework. You know, they'll do their research and see what other companies are out there you know, what value they provide and what, at what price point, and we don't think anyone can touch us. Okay. So, so speaking of your IP, though, I, I see that you, you settled a, a lawsuit. Do, do you have any other ongoing litigation, or are you having to spend much to protect your IP? Uh, no. And actually, yeah, we were pleased with the fact that we um, successfully um, defended um, our patents, uh, but no, we have uh, no plan on you know spending or allocating uh, any resources this year uh, to defend our patents. Okay, so 
back to your product now. Is it hardware or, or software or both? Now, we're a pure software company, and we are software as a service. So companies simply go online, they can download um, our solution, and then they just pay us annually to utilize our solution. Okay. And then who are these customers, essentially? Uh, well, today, actually, we're in a wide range of uh, industries. Basically, if you think of it, it's any industry sector that's impacted by not knowing where utilities and pipelines are buried. And that's a pretty uh, broad range of um, market sectors that include uh, construction, Department of Transportation, um, oil and gas, engineering and surveying, the railway industry, municipalities, mining, um, as well as utilities. And today we have a footprint in each one of those market sectors. Okay. And, and how are you reaching these customers? What marketing channels? Well, in most cases, what we're doing is we're either contacting them um, directly with what we, what we um, consider to be SDRs, sales development representatives that, that reach out to the customers, and then they'll um, set up appointments for our sales team to do um, demos. Uh, but we also utilize um, social media, you know, being you know, Google Ads, TikTok, um, LinkedIn. So we're using a variety of marketing channels. So do you have any partners? And I read something about RICOM Instruments, and if you can touch on that. Yes, we do. Um, so there's a large number of equipment manufacturers that either develop and manufacture the equipment that will locate where utilities and pipelines are located, as well as the companies that, as I mentioned, develop um, the GPS receivers. And we've partnered with almost all the major manufacturers of both what's called electromagnetic cable and pipe locating devices, as well as the GPS receivers worldwide. And they are a distribution network for us. But we recently signed a distribution deal with what is probably the largest manufacturer in the world of the electromagnetic cable and pipe locating devices, which is radio detection, and they are actually reselling our software solution with their equipment. So, so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like these partnerships uh, extend your reach for sales as well as make the, the product more robust. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, radio detection has about 80 salespeople um, worldwide that we have recently um, trained that will be selling our PointMan software solution with their locating equipment. Okay. And, and is your software pretty much developed, or does it require a lot of capital expenditure to get it to where you want it to be? No, that's a great question. No, we've, we're at the point right now where it is, it is fully mature. It's very robust. Um, we've worked with some of the leading companies, including Fortune 500 construction companies, some of the largest engineering and surveying firms, um, you know, in the U.S. as well as abroad. Um, one of our clients is actually um, a government agency. It's uh, Colorado Department of Transportation, and we spent years working with these customers to make sure that our solution meets all of the workflow processes and business practices that are associated specifically for those 
um, various industries. So we consider our product to be fully mature. Uh, but of course, you know, every quarter we do new releases and we continue to enhance the product that is either based on new innovations in technology or customer feedback on enhancements that they would like to see us add into the solution that if we take a look at it and realize that this has application for, you know, other customers and within other industry sectors, then we go ahead and add that feature into the solution. So how about the the market? Is that mature? Or are you still pioneering it? Or is there a tipping point you need to get to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I call it the perfect the perfect storm. So no, we are considered still to be somewhat of a disruptive technology. The construction industry has pretty much been well entrenched um, in the same business practices for well over 30 years. They're actually known as a lagger. They're ranked number 50 in the world as far as adopting um, you know, new technologies, which is great because it actually provides a huge opportunity for us. And as I mentioned, our solution works anywhere in the world. And not knowing where these utilities and pipelines um, are located is causing a major problem uh, for these construction uh, companies because you know, even just in the United States, our water systems, our sewage systems, they need to be replaced. Some of them are coming up upon uh, being over 100 years, um, and they're aging, and they're starting to become um, dilapidated. They need to be replaced. We're also putting um, in hundreds of thousands of miles of fiber optic every year, and not knowing where all the utilities are um, causes serious problems when they're doing the installation. So this problem is becoming worse every year, and we've designed a system that addresses it, and now we have what we call early adopters, as I mentioned, Fortune 500 construction companies, government agencies, some of the largest engineering surveying firms, not just in the United States, uh, but abroad, that are adopting our software. And it always starts with early adopters, and then they prove that it works. They can show what the return on investment is. But then you start to see um, you know, wider adoption throughout the industry. And as I mentioned, you know, we're, we have a footprint now in almost all of the industry sectors that are impacted by not knowing where these utilities and pipelines are buried. So there is a tipping point coming. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, um, but it's inevitable that this industry transforms digitally, just like all other industries have, um, and it's coming. And, uh, you know, and hopefully it's this year. But again, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but it is coming. And how about um, geography? Are you predominantly in the U.S.? Does it work in other countries or, or what? Yeah, so we are predominantly um, in the U.S., but we're starting to, um, you know, recognize and realize business in other uh, parts of the world. Um, as I mentioned, even with the equipment manufacturers that we're working with, most of them have um, a global um, imprint where we're really starting to realize um, – a large amount of business outside of the United States actually is in um, in Australia, but there's a reason for that. Um, there's what's called subsurface utility engineering, which is kind of a, a higher standard of accuracy on identifying where utilities and pipelines are located. And in Australia, um, they really promote that higher level of standard, and our software is designed to align with that standard, which is basically centimeter accuracy. So we're starting to realize uh, 
a large amount of business um, in Australia, but also in the UK as well. Okay, and, and when you make a sale, what's the average size? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So when we first started uh, selling our software um, solution a few years ago, I mean, we, we were over uh, $100,000 uh, per client. Then we got it down to a price point where we were under about um, $7,000. So this is for the cloud and, and mobile solution. And we recently just repriced it where it's now $995 per user. That comes with a user license for both the mobile as well as cloud and unlimited amount of storage. So it's a pretty simple um, pricing model. I would say that the average um, sale is probably around $5,000 where a client will start out with maybe five user licenses. So it's about $5,000. And then they'll test it, see the value that it provides, and then from there they can start adding more licenses depending on the size of the company. So the way it's designed is you could be a company of you know, one or two users and we can meet your needs, or you could be a company that has you know, thousands of employees that need our application and we can easily scale to meet their needs as well, and our pricing model is pretty simple. Okay. Can you touch on your revenue model? I think you said it's a SaaS yeah, SaaS revenue model, software as a service. So the clients basically, you just go online and you download our software application onto your mobile device, and that automatically spins off um, the servers for you. So everything is automated. And then depending on how many users you want online, you can just add more users. You self-administer uh, the system. So it pretty much is all automated. And it's simple, easy to use, and you know we're at a price point where it's affordable for for anyone, regardless of the size of the organization. And you know, based on the question you asked, it also works anywhere in the world and in any language. So, so your software—are you getting software margins, or what do margins look like? Yeah, actually, so we're running around. Um, our gross profit margin is around eighty-five percent. And as we continue to scale, we'll actually um, recognize even more efficiencies. So, um, like, for example, by the end of the year, we expect that our gross profit margin could go up, uh, you know, by double digits. Okay. And then, and then how about your fixed costs? I mean, do you have a lot of leverage in the model? Uh, yeah. I mean, our, our, our fixed cost is, is, is pretty much fixed now. That We know exactly... Um, where our fixed costs are. And as I mentioned, as we scale and continue to add more clients, um, then our costs will actually, you know, come down. Okay. So and in addition to that, pretty much we have everything automated. So we don't have to, as, for example, we could grow um, based on the amount of customers we have by about tenfold, and we don't have to hire more people. Okay. So what's the biggest gating factor to, to make that scale? Um, it's just, it's change. Um, you're dealing with an industry that's well entrenched in their current business practices. Um, they will change. They will go digital. It's just a timing issue. But as I mentioned, there's several factors out there that I call tailwinds that eventually will create a perfect storm. For example, 
There's new guidelines and standards that have been revised by the American Society for Civil Engineers, heavily influenced um, by our PointMan software. In addition to that, uh, because we're working with a government agency, which is the state of Colorado, which actually mandated our software into state law, now all the other states are looking at um, the success of Colorado, not only at the state level, but also at the federal level. In addition to that, historically, you would have to take a precision GPS receiver, and then you would have to pair it with the utility and pipe locating devices. But now companies like Radio Detection are actually integrating the GPS and GNSS precision receiver right into the device. Well, the only reason to do that is because you're going to want to know where that utility and pipe is located down to the centimeter. And you're also, as I mentioned, starting to see um, adoption by you know, large companies that I would consider to be major influencers in the market. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, some people refer to it as a tipping point. Some people refer to it as the perfect storm, where all of these driving forces um, come together. And as opposed to us having to go out there and kind of educate the industry on why they need to change, and then they question, you know, does this really work? I mean, can you really get centimeter accuracy in real time, you know, on a, on a mobile device? And can we eliminate the need for, you know, engineers and surveyors to be out, you know, on the project site and just have all of this um, automated? We're getting to the point where we're proven that, that we are doing it and that it's easy and that it's affordable, and we're starting to get adoption in multiple industries. Um, and as I mentioned, throughout the world, we have the equipment manufacturers that are now adopting and promoting our, our product. So, you know, it's always an uphill battle when you develop a disruptive technology for any industry. But eventually, once you hit that tipping point, then you reach what's called an inflection point where all of a sudden you start to see wide adoption throughout the market. And, um, you know, I, I think we're almost there. I could see how success would beget success with this. That's just it. You, 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 you got it. So we've got, you know, example is we have um, companies that are promoting our product now. And, you know, you start to get adoption, say, in a country like Australia. And then all of a sudden we start getting calls from other companies because they saw another company using it. Obviously, they have a high level of interest. You know, we've got mining companies that are using it, and then we're getting calls from other mining companies. As I mentioned, we're in discussions with several um, state Department of Transportations now as a result of the success we've had in Colorado. So that's just it. You know, eventually you get to the point where you hit a tipping point that's based on, on how many customers you have. I think today we have about 70 customers, and the major milestone for us is to get to 100 and I always tell people that it is far more difficult to get to 100 customers than it will be to get to 1,000, and it'll be more difficult to get to 1,000 than it'll be to get to 10,000. Because eventually what happens is you have wider adoption in the market. It becomes a standard of people utilizing new modern technology like ours, streamlines their workflow processes, makes them more efficient, makes the project site safer, um, and obviously, at the end of the day, makes them more money, which is you know the number one motivating factor. And we're close to hitting that tipping point, 
and there's an opportunity for us that we could see that inflection occur um, in 2024. So I'm actually really excited about the new year. And then how big of a market is this? So in the United States alone, um, we spend over $30 billion a year trying to identify where utilities and pipelines are located. And yet um, a recent estimate just came out that said we have over $60 billion in damages to our economy as a result of not knowing where these utilities and pipelines are located. So whatever we've been doing over the last 30 years hasn't been working and it's only getting worse. So the market in the United States itself um, is very, very large. It provides a great opportunity, but you can you know, multiply that exponentially uh, throughout the world because not knowing where utilities and pipelines are buried is a major problem in the United States. We have over 35 million miles of buried utilities and pipelines in the U.S., of which the majority of them were put in the ground between 50 to 100 years ago. But that pales in comparison to other parts of the world, like Asia and Europe or, or India. And as I mentioned, you know, our software is fully mature, works anywhere in the world, and we actually are starting to realize business in those other um, regions in the world. So it is a big, big marketplace. And I always tell everyone, and if we just had a small percentage of the total addressable market throughout the world, we would be a very uh, big company. But we're also the leader, first to market, product is mature, no one can touch us um, in, our, in our pricing model. So I expect to capture a very large percentage of the total addressable market, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. Very good. So as we monitor the company over the next 12 months, let's say, what are some of the events and catalysts that we ought to watch for? Well, we should start to see uh, major adoption by other departments of, uh, of transportation, which obviously um, we would announce. I think we're going to start to see some other large companies outside of the industry that will start taking a look at how big this industry is. And if they want to enter um, this industry, obviously what they're going to do is they're going to take a look at companies that are already mature, that have spent a tremendous amount of time and resources um, creating a footprint in the market. And I think that you know, you'll see us partnering with those companies. I also think that at the end of the day, what this is all about is providing information to the construction workers that are out in the field so that they can make a more informed and intelligent business decision. And that includes the companies that are out there doing the excavation. So I think at some point where we could see a major catalyst is, you know, ProStar signing a deal with a company that provides information to the excavator in the excavating equipment. Because at the end of the day, that's what our solution was initially um, designed for. That's why we're called ProStar, similar to OnStar, which is the ability to take location data of where these utilities and pipelines are located, have confidence in the information we're providing, and have that in the heads-up display systems 
in the equipment where they're doing the digging so they can make a more intelligent digging decision. And I think we're going to see that in 2024 where we're starting to work with these companies that provide that type of technology. Very good. Well, Paige, thanks for sharing and updating us on the ProStar story. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and I look forward to providing uh, another update to you maybe uh, later in the year. Sounds good.